right, welcome to another episode of Dad Drinking, sponsored by Side Project Jerky, the most delicious jerky basically ever. I am Marcos. And I'm Jim, and we are dads since 09. Long fucking time. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Marcos, are you going to introduce our uh, special guest that you teased last week? Uh, unfortunately, we had some logistical issues with the special guest, and uh, he had to postpone until further notice. No worries, though. We uh, think we can, we can, we can man the ship. Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, what you guys can expect from us over the however long this podcast runs is that we will consistently overpromise and underdeliver. Like totally. Every time. <laughs> it's kind of our style in a lot of things in life, including at times parenting. Yep, and uh, work. Yeah. Work. I, I, I constantly overpromise and underdeliver at the day job. Speaking of that, what did you do this week? Anything interesting? Uh, well, I quit my day job. So wow. That, that are you over-promising on the quitting? Are you like just slowly transitioning, or do you just storm out? No. Well, I, I gave my gave notice. Okay. I gave notice. So um, it, was, it was fine. I mean, I, I'd lined up another position. I uh, realized that my, my present job wasn't a, a good fit, and uh, so I, I found a, a business development job. Looking forward to that. Oops. Sorry about that. I... I think you're going to do great in a business development job based just so solely on seeing you out and about and you know the, the way as i talk about a lot the fidel gastro brand is good Super but there's a, there's a man behind the brand and <laughs> the man is. the man yeah. is good at sales okay i think you'll be great I thank you, you really thank you appreciate it so yeah so that was the beginning of the week um and then today i actually rappelled down the side of a building dang yeah, yeah. intentionally Intentionally, yeah, I did, I did it on purpose. I did it on purpose. You just weren't like washing windows or something. Not sure yeah. why. No, but I, I thought to myself, if this this could be, you know, since I quit my job, mm -hmm. like maybe this could have been a revelation. Maybe I was meant to wash windows. Uh, I I don't know. I w I would probably do it again. It was very exhilarating, but um, it's it was also really scary. That's, you know, that sounds a lot like my week. Yeah. I went to an, an industry conference and <laughs> received oh, nice. received education credits to maintain my licenses. Nice. Um, the only thing adventurous that I did this week, it's great. I mean, he's laughing right now because it sounds so <laughs> ridiculous. But it was just as exciting as quitting and repelling, <laughs> except the exact opposite. It was the <laughs> most boring three days of my life. Um, but I did get a little adventure when I was tasked with trying to find the uh, liquor that we were using as our featured drink tonight. Yeah, so uh, we had we had some issues with the PLCB, not surprisingly, and um, we were PLCB trying... for all of our non-Pennsylvania listeners. And if this is the first time listening, is the Pennsylvania State Liquor Control Board. Um, they control all of the uh, purchasing points, points of sale for any type of liquor in the state. And wine too, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 So uh, you can't get anything that they don't carry, which the mezcal, which is what we're drinking this week, is something that they do not carry. Which is total bullshit. <laughs> but we, luckily, I was in Washington D.C., uh, my former stomping grounds, and so I knew a couple of good liquor stores, and uh, with some help of uh, Marcos, who uh, did not have as busy a work week as he normally would. He was able to point completely me. Checked out right now, guys. Point, completely checked out right now. Completely checked out. He was able to point me in the right direction. And we bought, I had to wait outside for the liquor store to open. It was me and a couple of guys who were looking for boons. <laughs> 
our little uh, hotel bottles, and I went and got some mezcal. And so, so what type of mezcal did, did you get, Jim? So we got a, a fully organic mezcal um, by Del Maguey. Um, it could be Maguey, as we'll discuss later. That it's the, an indigenous word that means agave. Maguey is a um, is an agave, or sorry, mezcal is made from maguey, which is agave. So it's agave-based liquor, much like tequila. Okay. However, the difference with tequila is is quite strong. They're both um, considered by Mexican uh, the Mexican government to be do, which is the terroir type concept. Right, tequila right. is made only in the state of Jalisco, in the in the town of Tequila, uh, with blue agave um, plants, blue Weber, I should say, agave plants. Whereas mezcal is a lot more um, local, territorial, made with wild agave. Rural. Rural, yeah. Uh, Oaxaca is a, a state where a lot of it is made these days, um, and and traditionally, but it's a super old drink, mezcal. It's pre-Columbian, um, and that means before Columbus <laughs> arrived, before the conquistadors, and it's uh, it's a pretty intriguing drink, as we'll discuss both in taste but also um, in history. It's wonderful. It's yeah. wonderful. So before we get into that, Jim, what was the best thing you drank this week? You know, the best thing I drank this week uh, was um, a Goose Island IPA. Oh, I love Goose IPA. You know, I, I used to like it a lot more before I knew that they were purchased by Coors or So, so here's my thing Inbev about it. or whatever. Here, here's, here's the thing. That's shitty mm-hmm. because the, the whole concept of, of big business and really lack of passion and focus on numbers sucks. But there's, there's two really great things that come out of this. Okay. Number one, consistency. I can see that. Right. So 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 a goose IPA is going to taste like a goose IPA is going to or a or three one twelve or, or three twelve whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And and here's the other thing that's the greatest thing is that I can go to a professional sports game, mm-hmm. sporting event, mm-hmm. if you will. That's where I actually had my goose. Yeah. Was at a professional sporting event, and that's why I was going to say it was my best drink because. Of the circumstances, yeah, and it's it's uh, it's seven bucks, mm-hmm. and so you can get a big shitty Budweiser that's like thirty million ounces and mm-hmm. feel bloated and full because you you know piled on some nachos on top of that, uh, and or you can get like a goose for like a piney goose and it's the same price, and it's 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 delicious. It was pretty good. Yeah. So so. So what'd you go see? What, what was the sporting event, Jim? I went to, because I was in D.C., I happened to um, to get tickets to see the Washington Wizards play my Philadelphia 76ers. The Bullets. Yeah, the Bullets, the ex-Bullets. Um, so I, I thought it was funny thinking back on the reasons why they didn't keep the Bullets' name was because of the violence. And now Wizards, um, I think, kind of also connotes violence after yeah. Charlotte's, Charlottesville. Yeah. I mean, it's not really a great name. <laughs> Uh, to use in Chocolate City, which is what a lot of people refer to DC as. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got to go. A buddy of mine had um, baseline courtside seats Damn. for the opener, and uh, I I am Fancy, a, huh? I'm a hinkyite. I trust the process 100, percent and I um, I know that that I was noticed at this game. You you were noticed on on multiple occasions. Yeah, I was noticed. As, as you know, we are active on social media. Yeah, at and Dad Inst- Drinking on yeah. both Twitter and Instagram. That's right. Or at Fidel Gastro or at JF Cosgrove 9. Mm-hmm. But you got to ask to follow him. Yeah. But, and I don't say yes very often. But Sorry, the, gram, <laughs> the gram was blowing up. 
with Jimmy C on TV. Yeah. All day, every day. Yeah, I was uh, I was on the baseline. I got to ESPN showed me waving at one point to someone. I don't know who I was waving to because I was with my brother and a couple I of other buddies. Meme. I mean, it was. It did. It was good. It's, it's a lot of good material. A lot of good material. But how? So how was the game? Are game you, was awesome. Are you psyched about the Sixers? I mean, I I don't think I could have been more psyched. And then I sat there and saw them, you know, talking trash, complaining to the ref. Um, playing really hard, and they lost, which I'm used to, but this loss felt different. It felt like they were actually building something, and I'm super excited for the season. Actually, I, we kind of delayed recording tonight so I could half watch the end of another loss, um, the home opener. However, I think they're on the right path. They have a brutal schedule to start, but um, my drink of the week was courtside, was courtside staring at, at Joel Embiid. That's, I mean, that's, a, that's circumstantial deliciousness right there. <laughs> How about you? I, I think that um, <laughs> I just re-upped on the Fernet. Mm. I've got a... I've no, got I still a, haven't had that. I've got a Fernet. I think problem. you should call for the Fernet, for a, a Fernet tail. We'll do... Uh, at some point. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. We'll do it. I mean, we can even just, like, do it after we stop recording. But. Yeah. During the editing phase. During the editing phase. Um, That's why, by the way, everyone, if you're wondering why our sound levels are a little off at some points, it's because typically we edit immediately after the podcast, which is uh, always a dangerous proposition (laughs) after sampling so many different drinks. Yeah, dude, we drank that whole bottle last week, right? No. No. Not really. Not really. Not really. Anyway, so so I I would say that, you know, taking pulls from the Fernet was was good. I also actually, um, on Sunday night, uh, Yards Brewery, Philly Brewery. Shout out to Yards. Um, they uh, they have Cape of Good Hope running right now, which is a double IPA. That's super delicious, and they have it over at the Yield Ale House, which is right outside of Philadelphia in Lafayette Hill. And Coincidentally, right near the podcasting studios, right around yeah. the corner, right yeah. around the corner, and they make a really delicious roast beef sandwich. Anyways, let's move on. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the process. Let's talk about the history of the uh, Mezcal. Okay, well, you know, in Philly, we say trust the process a lot. I think it's it's basically been the catchphrase for the past four years, and it's growing. Yeah, raise, raise the cat didn't really... I mean, people are trying to raise it. They just don't win enough. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think those guys on Sixers Twitter are really funny. Like, they're really good. Yeah. And um, But the, the history of of mezcal is one that shows that trusting a process is really what is part and parcel of the uh, mezcal experience and i say that because unlike the the tequila varietal of agave the agave they use in mezcal doesn't grow very fast it takes eight to ten years for the um, espadine agave which is the most common type of agave used and actually the vita that we're drinking tonight is 100 percent espadine agave okay. it takes up to up to 10 years for that to mature so imagine i mean there's a Jesus. there's a lot of questions now because mezcal is becoming popular around sustainability whether you know creating this commercialization that will bring money to regions of mexico that are very poor the people that need it um whether that's worth it if it wipes out varietals of plants for for decades at a time so so, so basically, unfair trade. Yeah, it's kind of unfair trade. Well, the good thing about Del Maguey, if if you are a uh, social, socially, socially conscious person, um, which I guess I guess we are sometimes, <laughs> but um, it, it's yeah, this guy that this guy that started the um, the the mezcal, mezcal, mezcalaria 
the place that makes the mezcal, the distillery, he um, is really into sustainability, and so he makes sure that they 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 good. distill in a in a responsible fashion. So yeah, that I, I think a continue. lot of a lot of producers are are into that. I think the the, the people that are successful kind of have the right idea. It's it's hard though because it does impact the bottom line. Mm-hmm. I think if you can get creative, I know that, you know, like Victory locally is is very into that. I think, I mean, Yards, same mm-hmm. deal. These are brewers, but but it is, it's a difficult thing when you're looking at dollars and cents. Definitely. One of the other interesting things I learned in doing my, my research for this week's show was um, that each fruit weighs around, or not weighs, but produces around 10 bottles. Okay. Um, so uh, they are spiky, cactusy-looking plants, and they lop off the spikes, kind of core into the heart of the fruit, the palma, and then they, um, the way that that Not you the get Brian the palma, right? <laughs> you get the palma the ore. You you get um, a really smoky flavor in mezcal, at, at least in this mezcal that we're drinking today. The smoke is really present, mm. and I learned that as part after the ten years and the preparation, they they put them into a pit with hot rocks like coals like charcoals yeah. and roast them underground basically um until they get to a point to release the sugars and really break down the uh, the outside the tough part of the plant then they throw these things on a huge stone millstone turntable yeah it looks like a turntable um with a with an enormous stone wheel like a one ton um stone wheel it's called a tahona so like super artisanal yes and a donkey a burro, a burro. walks in circles um, and he eats. He gets rewarded with little bites of agave as oh, he goes. So they have good life, those donkeys. That's great. So, so we were talking earlier. I think our brand of mezcal will be called Hugo de Burro. <laughs> so, if there's any investors out there <laughs> that would like to invest in a mezcaleria, yes, let us know. Very classy. The yeah. donkey juice. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it translates as. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> but it'll have a really have a beautifully cute. Uh, donkey silhouette or or maybe you know uh, kind of like a, a side portrait of his face maybe like a wood cut something that might be it yeah, yeah something presentable <laughs> something presentable but the um the other thing that i found and this the, there's the first thing you when you look and you search mescal on google is you realize that people love learning about mescal there are so many stories there's so many um, interesting tidbits about walking for three hours up in the Oaxacan hillsides near the tropics, tropics line to find the most uh, artisanal or ancient preparation distillation method, including I read one where they, they actually took a raw hide from a cow and sewed it into like basically a pot and distilled it from the pot with bamboo like framing around it. God. It's crazy, and and apparently it's it was the best like mezcal that the author ever had. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now is is that is that the best mezcal because this guy's like no motherfuckers ever getting this mezcal. Probably, I think that mezcal or is it that good? I think mezcal is borderline bougie of a of a liquor. I mean, I think it's it's like you know the same it's the same thing that's happening now with with coffee, like people willing to pay $50 for a cup of coffee because yeah. it's like from some unique roast in a varietal that's grown only like for one week per year in so a I Nigerian that, mountainside that, or something. That the Congo is like the hot... That's what I meant, Congo. I des- said Nigeria, sorry. Destination Terrible for... Mistake. Terrible. For coffee beans. 
mm. and everyone's like, oh my god, it's so delicious. Like, is it delicious or is it like, you're, are you just pumped that you're going to a war-torn country yes. to get some coffee? I, I haven't had it, so so I, I can't say. I don't know either. I mean, look, I'm a, I, I love coffee, but most of my coffee that I drink is from like a Keurig machine at work, right? I, I enjoy the side K-cups. effects of coffee. The K-cups are terrible. Yeah, they're not very sustainable either to continue our, our this is uh this is Earth Day and Earth Day podcast. We should have saved this for Earth Day and roll it out because we're like we're like green warriors here. Yeah. Um, but but the other thing that you should know about mezcal is that they're kind of in a in a battle. The mezcal agave nerds are in a battle with the big commercial tequila companies. So you talked about the commercialization of Goose Island craft beer. Yeah, yeah. I think that what's happening in Mexico is, according to some. Uh, I'm sure that people on the tequila side would say differently, is that tequila is trying to force mezcal to be less um, local and be more uh, commercialized okay. uh, to take away the rights of a lot of small batch dis- uh, distillers and to force it to um, conform to some commercialized standards to the point where they're trying to change the name of agave to some type of indigenous language called comil if the agave doesn't grow in nine states in Mexico. Now, the agave nerds have battled back with some regulations they pushed through the regulator recently, where okay. now mezcal is, de- is defined as, as coming from one of those nine states in Mexico. It has to be in Mexico. So the regulators are mounting up. They are. They are. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they hit the east side of the Mexico DFA, right, on a mission trying to find um, a good type of regulation for this mezcaleria. And the mezcal um, now is going to be defined as either mezcal artisanal mezcal or ancient mezcal depending on the process used that okay. they trust to create the mezcal okay interesting um but but so so the ironic thing though is is that mezcal is basically hooch right i mean yes yeah. it's moonshine yeah and people people in um people don't admit a lot of times now maybe more recently it's it's become something where if you make mezcal and it gets exported it's kind of like you're a privileged person and you are you've come up in the world well because because you're, you're not making it for yourself right i mean mm-hmm. you're you have the the ability to sit on this right let let these plants grow right you know get your donkey mm-hmm. get, get your big get your tahona yeah you know and yeah. and the whole thing so it's, it's just totally right but it's just i i find that so ironic that it it really is just kind of like we make this for us. Yeah, people never admitted it. They used it in, again, pre-Columbian like marriage celebrations. If babies were fussy, they'd rub some on their gums. If you like had some bad luck, they'd spit some in your face. Like, it's really, it's it's a very superstitious part of their religion and spirituality. Um, and I, I love the the just commitment to superstition that the Latino culture has. Yeah. I love it. It's like one of my favorite parts. What's about uh, so so? I don't. What's your from your family? Your family, your parents were born in Mexico, is that right? No, no, no. My, my uh, grandfather is was okay. from Chihuahua on oh, okay. my dad's side. I'm really not sure about where my parents are in the whole, in the whole or by my mom, at least, in the mix. But, um... Do you know, yeah. if did they make, do they make mezcal in Chihuahua? Is that one of the nine states? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. All right, like, so it doesn't seem to me... Quiet. Yeah, so you're not, a, you're not, you're not... A full-fledged Mexican, like you don't cheer on like uh, Nacional or America, uh, America, the soccer team, or anything like that, right? Well, I mean, I got a T-shirt. 
from America, <laughs> the, the club, the club soccer team? Well, I, I like Cruz Azul. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right? like their rivals or something, I think, right? Um, and then just the national team. Three okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm into it. I you mean, like El Tree, huh? Yeah, dude. All right. All right. So I think. Not like I mean, I mean, you're peacock. You guys don't see him here. But he's a little peacocking. He's peacocking oh a little bit uh, about, about this. Um, uh, but we're going to do a little game later where yeah. we're going to actually play instead of the fast casual question and answer quick we'll fire. talk about it it's a surprise yeah surprise. stay tuned yeah. stay tuned we're gonna see how mexican you really are let's talk about this miss cow let's do it give, give me some thoughts jim all right so we've we've had it so far tonight neat and on the rocks neat when you first smell it it has a really really intense nose um it's it it, it smells I would say it's it's got some cinnamony smell to it, but mixed with a pepper. It smells hot. Yeah, like a pepper. It has a hot, not not like chili hot, but like almost like a black pepper hot to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I got that. And then when you drink it, it's it's smoother than your typical tequila. It doesn't smell like your typical tequila. The nose is also very smoky, like a campfire, um, which I, I really love. Particularly now, it's starting to get cooler in the Northeast, and it feels fall, like fall. This is a great drink for the fall. Oh, I, yeah. I actually really loved it neat. I'll say that as a preface before I get to the how the, the palate was. Well, it is. It's really smooth. It's got such a nice finish, and and I love those. I love a, a an Isla whiskey. So I love a, a real peaty scotch. Me too. So, Me too. Like, a, like an art bag, like like art bag, like a band aid burning in a fire. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's that's kind of the best tasting. And and you get that with with this Vita. So um, that's the we we're drinking the Delmaway Vita. What is this? Thirty eight bucks. Yeah, like thirty nine bucks. Thirty eight. In bucks. DC. In DC. Not available in Pennsylvania. Unfortunately, thanks PLCB. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you look at the back of the back of the bottle, and they've got, you know, your own tasting notes. So they're they're saying banana, they're saying vanilla. I, I don't I don't get really any of that. Um, I did get a little cinnamon, like I said, because that, that kind of has a it has a sweet heat. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I also found that this finish was super smooth, and it kind of lasted for a while. So you had like a little tickling of heat on the back of your tongue yeah um but also like a nice smooth flavor but it's not like i think that's what i like about it i think it's it is hot it's spicy but it it's not like that like when you drink a really like a cask strength whiskey right or like a super strong tequila even and you drink it neat Mm -hmm. it's it really like stays with you kills your taste buds yep this this actually is it, it almost kind of you know quench, it's it's like thirst quenching. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I enjoy this. Of the five drinks we've had now, I think this is my favorite, and it's largely because I am also like you, a really peaty, uh, peat. I love a peat heavy whiskey. This yeah. has a similar um, flavor and smell to it, but it also is a clear uh, liquor. It doesn't yeah. have the coloring that tequila has, and I learned. In reading this, the tequila, they add, the manufacturers add caramel coloring caramel color. to make it look like what people think tequila should look like, even though really it's just a clear liquor. That's a load of shit. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not interested. So, so. so the next way we're going to drink it, as you could probably hear in the background, um, we are making an El Camino. Okay. An El Camino is, um, according to Imbibe 
drinking.com. I think that's what it does. Um, it is one ounce of the mezcal, one ounce of rye whiskey, and we are actually using a High West double rye whiskey. Salt Lake City represent. <laughs> and uh, Marcos, oh, sorry, Park City represent. Yeah, Park. Um, we got that from Marcos's personal collection. Yes. We did not have to go looking for it in uh, in DC. It is available. In, is it in Pennsylvania though? That's good. And then we um, we got the last the last component of that. That's so it's a shot of each of that, and then a quarter shot of uh, Benedictine, which I have never heard of and never uh, tried I've, before. I've had it in a cocktail before, but I don't know. It's a cordial. Really I found it in the cordial aisle, and it's uh, also. Another one of those terroir, like you have, it has to come from a certain region apparently. Um, but the, the shit, key to this, shit on dad drinking. yeah, the key to this is um, stirring it. Um, one of the the owner of Del Maguey um, Distillery says that to unlock the the energetic uh, power of mezcal, you should stir it 15 times in each direction. We're not going to do that because that would be this dude's a fucking hippie yeah you will like, i mean straight up he uh What's this guy's name his name is ron cooper and ron that's not a hippie name no and he's actually a really famous artist he has works i've never seen these works but they're in the whitney and the guggenheim okay and he you know we'll put up some pictures on the website okay i think i think he'll definitely send us a cease and desist but that'll be good i was just like we'll put the picture up he's not gonna i mean he's not gonna be like hey buy our picture really i don't know i mean but what based on what i've read i don't i'm not sure so, so, so Ronnie, Ronnie is a guy who um, is a famous artist. He gets a couple of what he calls "fuck you" commissions, and moves down to Mexico for a good period of time and starts drinking mezcal uh, locally with some friends, uh, uh, some artist and surfer friends. Do you think he knew El Chapo? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he like gave him the idea for the tunnel system. And this guy, this guy Ron Cooper is a is a mysterious dude. Yeah, uh, he right. wears a, he's seventy something years old, and he and he looks like he has a normal haircut, and then he turns to the side, and he has a very strange man bun in mm. the back. Okay. But it's like a it's almost like a mullet man bun. I've never seen one of these well, is before. It, is it the thing where the sides are shaved? And no, it's got the, no, not even. It looks like a normal haircut, like your standard like Lego person haircut. Okay. And then when he turns to the side, <laughs> and you see his profile. You see his profile, and he has a little like sloppy man bun on the top and the back. It's That's very so strange. Weird. It's almost like a top knot that hasn't grown. Okay. Probably because he's seventy something. It's probably not even real hair, honestly. Yeah, that That's can't weird. be real hair. He's no. just, like got the Brett Michaels thing going on. So, so we've got, um, so we've got the El Camino. Yeah. You know, Ron Cooper probably owned an El Camino at one point. I would love to own an El Camino. You yeah. know, it's my dream car. No. You know, when I was thinking of you, and I saw this when I was looking for the drinks, I thought. I, I don't know if he's ever had an El Camino drink, which I don't think you have, right? No, no. I mean, I must have had something similar. This actually is, I mean, this is basically the, the makings of an old-fashioned. Yes, but with mezcal but instead with mezcal. of vermouth. Yeah, so. Or maybe the Benedictine tastes the place of vermouth. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, cheers. Let's try it out. All right. So this is our first try at doing a live tasting of the oh, that's good. El Camino, of a drink on Dad Drinking. Nice job, Jim. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Nice fucking it's, job. I, I taste caramely to me i all i taste is sugar i like honey and i yeah. mean that's probably the benedictine you think so but yeah yeah i feel like that's kind of but so it's, the benedictine is only a quarter shot it's amazing that it would it would be that strong maybe it's the benedictine mixing with the smokiness you know what this tastes like this gal what this tastes like um and i think maybe it's the orange but that's right i forgot to say you garnish it with an orange twist it tastes like a jolly rancher really yeah i'm not getting that at all i'm getting like a uh 
It does almost taste simple, like simple syrup. Yeah, like like it's like the the orange. There's almost a peachiness to it too, like a slight peach. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really good. love Manhattans, um, but or old fashions. I just don't like the extra sugar in it. Um, I like the more boozy flavor to it. I can but get I down. Could, I, I can, can get do down this. this. Yeah. yeah, this is good. By far, to me, by this far, really the mezcal mellows been. out the mezcal. It does, which is a little bit of a bummer because I love that smoky taste. This is good though. This is this has a nice balance. Oh, the last thing you got to remember, it has that old fashioned and uh, Manhattan taste because you do have to do a couple dashes of bitters. Ah, uh, I forgot you know to what? reference that in the recipe, and that's what it is. I wonder what it would taste. We'll try I'm this again with without the bitters. bitters, the orange peel, and the amalgam of the other stuff is making it. I mean, it tastes like a, like an orange like candy, like a, with with a little with a little smokiness at the very end behind it. Slight. Yeah. Slight, yeah, but it's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think that? Um, so we thought that Ron Cooper would drive an El Camino. Yeah, right. I want to drive an El Camino so do you, bad. Do you, what type of dad drinks an El Camino? <laughs> well, this is. Well, do you think Ron Cooper is a dad? First of all, Ron. Ron, if Ron Cooper's a dad, he doesn't know it. That's that's <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Or like, if, if Ron Cooper's a dad. Like, I, I feel like he has, like, you know, kids that go to Coachella. Like, but like... The, and he doesn't know it. They go to Coachella, he doesn't know it, yeah. and the people at Coachella don't know that, you know, these kids' dad is Ron Cooper. Yeah, the Mezcal Don. Yeah. He's, he's Don Mezcal. They actually call him uh, the godfather of Mezcal. Okay. Yeah. He also, in an interview I That's read... That's cool. I mean, it's he cool, said like, that he's, like brought it to the masses well yeah but he said he, he was complaining because he he owned the industry he claimed at uh, one point he's a, he's a pretty interesting guy we're de- I, we've decided it's official we're definitely putting pictures of ron cooper on the site on daddrinking.com where you can find recipes as well as photo gallery little little bts yeah a little behind the scenes of the uh of the old podcast <laughs> and also some very professional looking photography by my uh, my talented friend marcos here yeah it's all right um what type of dad drinks so wait, so mezcal neat, do you think? Let's go back to the dad that drinks the El Camino. Oh, okay. I didn't just, know you had more. Just right quick. Just right quick. So, so I'm thinking that this dad is maybe low-key cool dad. Okay. Like, I'm thinking this dad is, he wants to be... He wants to take the plunge. He wants to commit. Like, he's the dad that has a pair of slacks that's cut to the right length, mm-hmm. but he's dying, like dying every day to be like, you know what? I want those flood slacks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like so the, so like I want to show off the, your, his, some, his, some, some fancy socks. I think I say delicate ankles. Or some no socks, <laughs> right? Like, he wants to, you know, maybe like fashion dad but right? he's not a caprice dad no he's not a caprice dad that's no, more no. like an aperol spritz guy yeah yeah dude <laughs> if, if you drink the spritz then you you wear caprice all day long but no, no no i think i think he's i think he's cool but he he needs to mix the mezcal with something to just take the take take the the heat off right yeah. i mean it's I think I think know who I think this dad is. I think it's a dad who's also named Ron Cooper, but it's not actually Ron <laughs> Cooper. 
one, one of the things you find when you try and just type in Ron Cooper into Google is Ron Cooper is also a uh, defensive line coach for a college football team, I think, uh, in, in he doesn't Division One. El Caminos. Now, I don't yeah. know if he does, but there's also a really awesome photographer named Ron Cooper that I found. And I actually thought um, it was Ron Cooper the Artist at first, because Ron Cooper the Artist has sculptures, actually, in, in the Whitney. And okay. Um, but this guy is a photographer, and he does a series of portraits that I found, like, amazing. Very beautiful. I was sitting, looking at these photos and just having kind of, like, I, ga- I gasped at yeah. one of them because it was a pretty intense. <laughs> I wasn't like dying for air. I was just more like like, <gasps> like shocked, right? Um, it and stirred something inside it's, of it's you. It stirred. It stirred me 15 times in each direction. Wow. It released my energetic properties. <laughs> and they, uh, and I got to tell you, I, I was so moved by this guy's photos. I actually contacted him and said, I don't know if your, your photos are for sale. Yeah. I'd love to know what they cost. So I thought of emailing the guy that used to do the old Iron Maiden album covers to see yeah. if I could get some shit from him. Because, like, that's, again, another one of those, like, just like I want the El Camino. I'm, a, I'm like a super 80s dude. <laughs> so that's funny. So I, I think that um, I think that, that drinking this drink uh, makes you think of nostalgia or, you know, some type of, like, old cool. Because when I was thinking about what type of dad drinks a mezcal, neat, yeah. or even on the rocks, yeah, yeah. it's a dad who's, like, very professional, reserved, super chill. Yeah. Very, very chill. But he's also, um, he, he appreciates history and stories behind things. Okay. He, he's a New York Times devotee. Right? Yeah. He reads the Times every weekend. Um, he's probably one of those people that's really into coffee. Now, does he read the New York Times from an apartment in New York City? Or is this guy reading the Times from a giant house in Kansas City, Missouri? Or no, right no, no, no. Kansas he's, City? he's like in in the village or something in New York he's City. He's urban. Yeah, he's an urban guy. Okay. I, the, the way I think of him really is, um, and I don't know if you recall this character from the Royal Tenenbaums, but he's Raleigh Sinclair, right? He's he's wears cool old clothes, drives cool old cars. Bill Murray. Bill Murray's character, yeah. So he might even live in a hotel. I, no, that was, uh, that was Pappy. That was... Uh, oh, shit, that was... Uh, Gene Wilder, right? Yeah. Is that his no, name? No, what the hell is his name? No, Gene Wilder's dead. Oh, shit. R.I.P. Joe. Um... Oh, shit, what's his name? You know, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that, that guy. guy. The old guy. Jeez, yeah, this no. is too many mezcals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is no, too many um, Bill Murray was married to Gwyneth Paltrow's character for a while. And he was like He's the, the one that created the psychologist. That, yeah, and he, he understood Dudley Heinsbergen syndrome. So I, yeah. I, I love Wes Anderson. I do too. And, and the real Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum. The Tannenbaum. It's the Tannenbaum. It's a shame that it's so over the top. Why? Like I think that's what's so great so, about it. No, no. I think it's great, but then, like, you get this, like, whole subset of people that's like, ooh, Wes Anderson, I'm sorry. Like, right. they have the criteria. But this is the dad. This is the dad that drinks Mescal neat. So Reading it's not the, Times, the people that like the Wes Anderson films. It's, it's actually the guy from the Wes Anderson. No, I, I think it's a mixture of both. Okay. It's the people that, that try to become a character in a Wes Anderson film because they love it so much. Okay. That's the dad. Okay. Right? That's the dad. Wes so Anderson just say you George on repeat. Yes. Dude, yeah, how good definitely. was that show? That was really good. That was about a year ago, right? Yep. Yeah, we saw when after Bowie died, Say George capitalized on that shit very quickly. He um, came back to Philly twice. Yeah, and he went out good and did him. basically a tour where he uh the, the the singer in the Life Aquatic, another Wes Anderson movie, did Knockout Ned. Knockout Ned. He did a number of 
Uh, he's from City of God as well, which is that reference. Ciudad de Dios. Yeah, they and he did a, one of my whole, favorite movies. That's a great movie. It definitely is. Zé Pequeno is a great character as well. The um, but he did a whole tour of basically doing the Bowie songs that he did on the soundtrack for Life Aquatic. It's such great colors. It was excellent. Such you couldn't. He did like a storyteller's type thing. Yeah. But his English is not great, and he, you can barely understand him. It's really bad. But have you ever listened to his other stuff? It's like, yeah. It's like disco. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, it's yeah. so good. I have one. I think I have an album called U Pinguino or something. Yeah. It's called The Penguin. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good. So so this dad is um, like cover to cover New York Times. Does he read The New Yorker? No. He, he Does goes... he get The New Yorker cartoon jokes? I don't know, but definitely he reads The New Yorker because one of the articles I read about Mescal was like a 5,000-word article from The New Yorker. That's a lot of words. It was a lot. Can we talk about The New Yorker articles? Because they're actually getting topical and funnier. I feel like they have a young kid in there now. Probably because the Mescal one was from this year, and Mescal's hot right now. Yes. And, and your typical Upper East Sider is not going to know about Mescal. No. No. It's no. got to be down further south. Yeah. I love how we pretend like we're living in New York. We're in a basement in... Lafayette Hill. Lafayette Hill. We're outside of Philadelphia. But there was a time. I lived in New York. I go to New York quite a bit for work. Yeah, dude. So we're allowed to say, do we have credibility here? Yeah, dude, we've got, (laughs) listen, like, come on, I got got friends up there still. Like, we could go up there whenever we wanted to. That's true. And it's like an hour and ten minutes by train. Yeah, dude, I have so many Amtrak points. Yeah, me too, man. (laughs) Not bad. Oh, so one of the other things that's interesting, talking about the intersection of art and drinking today, is uh, this guy, Ronnie Cooper, has a bunch of, as I mentioned, artists and surfer friends. And one of his friends that's an artist did all of the artwork that appears on the labels for the Del Maguey lines of uh, Mezcal. I gotta be honest. Mm -hmm. I think this bottle is shit. You don't like it? It's... I, well, here's here's the funny thing, right? You, you talk about heritage, you talk about branding, you look at the High West, and, and mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh my God, I have to drink that." This looks cheap. Um, it might it might come back at some point. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I, I think it actually makes perfect sense. I, I think the the thing that's most intriguing about this bottle is the the hologram. Yeah. On the side. So it makes it official, right? It, it, no, the the Mexican government grants holograms to mezcals they deem to be um sufficient for export yeah. right so if you hit all of their items on their checklist to be a true mezcal right and you hit the uh dominación de origen the terroir uh you know yeah. um, qualities then they give you a hologram yeah and it just they, it reminds me it, it reminds me of upper deck baseball cards yeah like back in the day i, I you know i and like getting the hologram cards. getting the hologram is like the greatest thing. It was revolutionary. So, and you, you and it wasn't really even a hologram. It was just like shiny foil uh-huh. for the most part. But they, but we no, no, thought so, it was a hologram. So, I, so you're a baseball card guy. I'm, uh-huh. I, I was just cards guy, sports cards guy. We, there was a place around the corner from my house. Nice. And there was one around the corner from my grandmother's house that we'd go to whenever so, we went there. So, Pro Set was this football. Okay, I never heard of it. So, because I'm not a football card guy. And they had this. They had this release. So I was just reading an article about it. So I guess ProSet was like the like had the most errors in the like they fucked up the cards so much, <laughs> but they had a Vince Lombardi trophy like full hologram card, and okay. I think back in the day it it was selling for you know hundreds of dollars right. at, at its peak, right. right when people still bought baseball cards, like the Billy Ripken error card, yeah, or um, you know I mean speaking of Upper Deck, the, the Ken Griffey Jr. yeah rookie card, yep. 
And oh, did, did, what about basketball cards? Did you ever get into basketball no. cards? Skybox. I was baseball only, but oh Skybox God. did baseball eventually too. Yeah, yeah. Skybox. Um, they had a bunch of like weird error cards too. Really? You no, know it was annoying. The the baseball cards that were too big for the standard nine card sheet. Those you keep were in the, the Bowmans. The Bowmans. They were yes. so annoying, and they were shit, they and they were so they such were, poor quality. Yeah, they would bend like, and. <laughs> The corners would fold because you couldn't keep them good. You had to buy special cases for them. <laughs> and the only one worthwhile was a Frank Thomas rookie card, I remember. And that I one, had that one. I think everyone had it. So yeah, once they were so common. Back at Baseball Card Monthly just stopped listing the price. So like, you can like basically sneeze into like a pack, and one card will turn into um, a, a Frank Thomas rookie Bowman card. Bowman also had fucking super stale gum. Yeah, it was gross. Like, And, and of course I ate it. Yeah, of course <laughs> you did. Because it was free gum. gum. Yeah. It was yeah. free. So... Anywho. We've come to that time, Marcos. What time is it? The fast casual round, which today we're going to rename. We're going to rename the fast casual questions, test the Mexican. All right, we're going to test your knowledge. And you admitted earlier that you're not not, um, a recent Mexican. You're more of an American Mexican, right? Well, my, my parents really tried hard to just whitewash me as much as they could. Okay. I mean, we, we grew up in Salt Lake City. And That's not hard to whitewash people there, huh? Back in, I mean, this is like the 80s. It's like, just just be white. And then my dad was like, no, my last name's not Espinosa. It's Thorne. <laughs> really? Yeah, dude. It was, it, it got weird. What's your dad's first name? William. Yeah? Guillermo. Yeah. But my dad, was a, my dad was a fucking DJ in Albuquerque. Nice. And, he, and, and his DJ name was Memo. Because, like, you know, you sure right. Guillermo was Memo. Right. He was Memo Espinosa at DABQ. And he moved to Salt Lake. And he started, he actually had a radio show called uh, uh, Voz del Pueblo. I mean, this guy was like just gung-ho, and then something happened. He doesn't talk about it, though. Really? Yeah, he's old. He's weird. We should get him to do some intros and stuff for us. Oh, my God, I would love that. Would that be funny? That would be great. Um, so so real quick, just to test your, your knowledge then, even though it may not be as, as deep as I'd hoped when I created these questions. It's going to be deep. Come on. Yeah. I All know right. things. All right. What's a palenque? Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> don't do this to me this is embarrassing you're gonna embarrass me well I mean it's just it's the traditional mezcaleria it's the primitive place where they actually make the mezcal it's the distillery okay but they call it a palenque I knew that alright the tahona. I mentioned this earlier it's that big DJ yeah, the table, turntable the stone mill with yeah, the big dude, wheel you know them it's a turntable isn't true it? or false that's also used for the mass production of tortillas um, in pre-Columbian times True. False. Fuck you. It's not false. If it's it's true if I say it's true. You know better than I do. Alright, last thing. <laughs> yeah. The the Aztec goddess Maya Huel is the goddess of what? Dude. <laughs> these aren't even questions. They are. No. It's for real. This is this You never is... studied. <laughs> you didn't You didn't tell me this was gonna be on the fucking podcast. You're failing to test the Mexican right now. Oh. But this isn't the test of Mexican. Like, this is the text of Mexican history. Like, ask me, like, do you want an El Camino? Like, yes. You passed that part. Right. Like, yeah. do you know so, how to make chili verde? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Like, do you do hate you Chipotle know... on principle? Yes. Yes. Do you know do you the think name rice of the national should team? go in a yeah. burrito? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Do you have a jersey or a shirzy of a, of a Mexican soccer team? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I do. Okay. okay. So you're passing. Yeah. But you're not passing the indigenous portion of the test right now. Well, because I'm not an indigenous Mexican. I'm just a Mexican. <laughs> All right. 
Right? Fair enough. Okay, I'm not the Indio or the Mestizo. Like, I'm just a Mexican. Okay. Well, this is a good story, though. Yeah. So the goddess Mayahuel is the Aztec goddess of the maguey, of the agave plant. Okay. She's depicted in ancient drawings as having 400 children that are depicted as drunken rabbits. Right? Good God. Which I think is a good place to end dad drinking this week. Yes. Because at this point, you know, our children are basically running around doing whatever it is they're doing right now. They could be rabbits. They could be drunken rabbits. Who knows? It's sometimes I wonder if the kids are drunk. <laughs> they certainly act irrational quite Just a bit. Emotional. And like they make terrible decisions. Yeah. Just awful decisions. <laughs> They're drunken rabbits. Don't touch that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? What'd your kids do? How was how was your week with the kids this week? And then like I was whole... gone. I was okay. gone. Actually the big thing that, that came out of this week is my um, my daughter who was born in 09 when I first became a dad. She has now started taking my wife's phone and G-chatting me, Google Hangouting me, but, oh, nice. but under my wife's name. So I don't know okay. necessarily who it is until I realize it takes like 10 minutes to get a reply to, how was your day today? And the reply comes back, good, I went to school, I saw my friends, it was fun, thanks, daddy, I love you, bye. <laughs> and it's all run emoji, together. Emoji, yeah. emoji. She doesn't know how to do emojis, but I, I've thrown a couple of gifs at her, or gifs, I don't know how to say that, but I think it's gifs. So... It's pronounced GIF, but it sounds so much better. GIF. It does. It's like it's like foe, right? So yeah. it's like no, say fa. Right. But people say foe. I I I mean, it's depending so on the I've company. So I've thrown a couple of those back at her, and she thinks they're hilarious, right? Yeah. And they probably are. You know, I'm I'm good with a with a GIF here and there, but the um, something special. About we don't want to teach her how to get to the GIFs because you can easily find some pretty inappropriate, uh, inappropriate GIFs. GIFs for for yeah. an eight year old. Yeah. Right. What do you think? What do you think our kids will want us to drink next week? I don't know. We should ask them. <laughs> are we gonna promise? Are we gonna promise another uh, special guest or not? Nah? So, considering the the struggles of of getting this guest, which wasn't really a struggle, um, if we have a special guest, then we'll have a special guest. If not, we'll have a delicious cocktail. Okay. Um, do, do, what's on the should, schedule? Should we try and should we try and um, stick with the Latin American theme? Since we spent a lot of time over in Italy with the Negroni and the Grupo Campari. Grupo Campari. And then we we worked our way kind of west to London with the Pims Cup, right? We and went then we went back to France. We went to France, but we thought we were going to Mexico. We did think we were going right. to Mexico. You're right. You're so right. we can, we can work our way further south now. Mm-hmm. Maybe we do a little. Um, Maybe we do something Southern Cone. Okay. We'll leave it at that. Let's do Southern Cone. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. Well, I'm in, and, and maybe we'll have a guest. But maybe we won't. But maybe we'll go. We so. promise you'll be underwhelmed. <laughs> Completely. Regardless. No, no, no. Regardless. No, no we promise it's going to be the most amazing episode ever. <laughs> yes. And then you're going to listen to it, and you're going to think, oh, my God, that was fucking Why terrible. did I do this again? Why did I do this again? <laughs> I want that hour of my life back. <laughs> I don't know if it's an hour this time. We're getting close. So let's call it a night. Yes, let's call it a night. Uh, this is Dad Drinking. I am Jim. I am Marcus. We are sponsored by Side Project Jerky. Check us out at daddrinking.com, Google Play. Apple Podcasts, follow us on Twitter, at Dad Drinking. Follow Same. us on Instagram, at Dad Drinking. You can find me at Fidel Gastro. And me at JF Cosgrove 9. But you gotta ask. I'm sorry that I don't say yes. Enjoy your weekends, folks. Thanks. Bye, Marcus. Cheers. Cheers.